Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador, Richie B, Mr. Call Screener, and so many other foul things that people call me when they disagree with me, usually. And uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're listening on WPHT, welcome to the party. If you're listening on iHeartRadio or Odyssey.com, however you listen, welcome to the program. We're talking about issues from coast to coast all across America. And there's a few headlines I want to just discuss. We may not get to everything in this show, but we will get to it in the next Next episode, so don't fret. But here's a fact check for you. It's true. As part of the administration's racial equity initiatives within the American Rescue Plan, the Biden administration is funding grants for nonprofit groups that will distribute crack pipes. But the fact checkers, of course, they say that it's not true because you have to also mention that they'll be distributing clean syringes as part of their push to open these centers where people can go and get high in a healthy and clean manner if there is such a thing. And there's a lot of people taking on a lot of people coming up. We've got two different candidates plus an expert on legal policy. First, we've got my buddy from Arkansas who decided to take on the candidate that Trump has picked for governor. And he's doing it because there are never Trumpers that she's endorsed. So we'll get to the bottom of that um, coming up. Plus, Joe Pinion, my buddy from Newsmax, is running against. That's right. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer. Plus, a couple of guys from New York City decided to sue over the um, racist policy of determining who can get medication based on their race. All of that is coming. But first, I want to talk about this Stacey Abrams thing. Briefly, this week she dominated headlines because she's a clown. You should play that. She is so funny. She says the kids have to wear masks if they're going to be with her for the photo op that she wants to do. And she does it, and then she gets caught, and then she apologizes, and her apology is, you know, somewhat lackluster because She's insincere, but I'll take her at her word, although she sounds insincere. So she's forced to make this apology. And I think we, the people, are just saying, you know what? We don't like it. And I was saying on Newsmax on the day that this story broke, I think it was Tuesday morning or Monday morning, that we've got a few different buckets of people. And I don't like to put people into buckets. I like to put everybody into the bucket of American, right? But there's other buckets. I mean, you've got people that are policy people. You've got people that are political people. And you've got people that are we the people. And we the people see right through what Stacey Abrams is doing and saying. For for that matter, we see what all of these people, Joe Biden saying that, no, it's not true. And Jen Pasirko back Pasaki saying it's not true. We're not handing out crack pipes to anybody. This is a fake, phony, fraud, fugazi lie. 
That's not true. They're the liars. The crack pipes are going to be going out. Our federal government tax dollars are going to be sent to these nonprofits and they're going to send out the crack pipes. No ifs, ands, or buts. That's how that's going to go unless they put a stop to it. It's just like everything else. Well, I'm looking at Fox 5 News, New York City. Here's the headline. Biden administration denies it will fund programs to hand out crack pipes. February 7th, 2022. The White House is now denying that the United States Department of Health and Human Services is seeking to give grants to programs that hand out crack pipes to drug addicts as part of a program to keep drug users safe. The idea was supposedly to limit the infections amongst drug users. You know, separately, I also heard another news report saying, well, you know, sometimes because they pass the crack pipe around to other addicts, they drop them and they break and they're sharp because they're glass and we don't want them to get cut. So they're even thinking of putting together a little kit that includes a Pyrex or some sort of breakable or unbreakable glass so that it doesn't break and people don't get cut. Now, according to Fox, a $30 million Biden administration grant program was to include money for a nonprofit group or several nonprofit groups that receive the grant to purchase safe smoking kits and supplies, according to the report in the Washington Free Beacon. This is from their interaction with somebody from the Health and Human Services Department. At the White House press briefing on Wednesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Pasirkelback Pasaki, silent P, of course, says crack pipes were never in the program despite the language in the grant program as previously uh, reported. News of the pipe program came the same day that the Justice Department signaled that it might be willing to allow safe injection sites for people to use heroin or other drugs like crystal meth. Wow. All of this in the midst of a pandemic where fentanyl is killing everybody. Right. That's the real pandemic. Fentanyl. The first officially authorized safe injection sites opened in New York City in November. Now, this is pioneered by New York City. It's pioneered by San Francisco or it will be. This is how they start everything. And they call this overdose prevention centers. So come here, get high. We'll have doctors, nurses, violence interrupters, social workers, you name it. We'll have them on deck to revive you and give you, uh, what's that stuff? Narcan, right? They stick it in your nose. They revive you and bring you back to, uh, to life. Unbelievable. Now, advocates have hailed them as a way to curb the overdose problem that we're having. New York City sites so far have intervened in more than 125 doses or overdoses. So they say, you don't think this is going to come to Philly? I know they started this in Camden years ago, where they were doing the needle exchange. So it's my guess that they will open up these centers soon. So forget about recreation centers for kids. Let's forget about being equitable uh, racially equitable, right? When it comes to anything positive, we want to make sure it's racially equitable for addicts to have clean crack pipes and fresh needles and a place to do it all on your dime. That's incredible. I'm going to talk to Joe Pinion about that a little bit more straight ahead. And uh, my buddy Doc Washburn is coming up, plus somebody from the Pacific Legal Council who brought a case against the city of New York for that. So if you don't think it's coming to Philly or anywhere else, you're wrong. It's on its way unless you speak up and do something about it. Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez, and this, well, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. And now, shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good. Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S on all the social media. And as promised, somebody has thrown down the gauntlet. He said, you know what, I'm going to take on... Chuck Schumer, I'm taking on the establishment. We're going to do away with these Democrats. And he's somebody you know, somebody you've seen before, somebody from Newsmax on the weekends. Joe Pinion, welcome to This Is America. Good to be with you, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure, brother. So I'm looking at the news and I want to hear your reaction to some of the stories. But before we get into that, things are going terrific for you. you you're working in the media, you're doing analysis and opinion, and you're hosting a show on Newsmax TV. And you decide, let me get rid of all of that. Let me put all of that to the side and really focus on running for office. What was the impetus behind that? Well, look, I, I think, again, if you if you really look at it, uh, certainly running for U.S. Senate against Chuck Schumer was not on my uh, checklist of things to do. Um, but as I tried to explain to my mother as much as she was uh, crying when I tried to tell her, uh, there are some things worse than not having your own television show. It's really called not having a country. And when you look at the pain and suffering that we are enduring all across this country, when you look at the fact that we have a hostile nation in Russia that has declared war on this nation, not once, but two times, uh, hacked our beef supply with that JBS beef hack that the media likes to pretend didn't happen. One fifth of the American beef supply compromised. You look at the fact that that same Russian hostile nation hacked off fuel supply. 87% of the fuel uh, in uh, gas stations uh, in Virginia no longer available. 78% of the fuel in our nation's capital was unavailable because of that colonial uh, pipeline hack. And yet we have a president in, in Joe Biden uh, that believes Vladimir Putin when he says he knew nothing about it as if it's possible to hack the United States of America from a coffee shop in St. Petersburg without the Kremlin knowing about it. So uh, you look at things like that, you look at the sanctity of that, in that, uh, that notion of no man left behind violated uh, by uh, this administration. When we have uh, Americans still stranded on the ground in Afghanistan today, uh, you start putting it all together, the fact that Americans are spending $400 million additional on fuel each and every single day. 
because of energy policies that make absolutely no sense. Uh, something had to be done. Um, and sitting behind the desk at Newsmax, as much as in many ways that was the opportunity of a lifetime, uh, just started to feel like an act of cowardice when we believed that we had an opportunity to have a message uh, that could carry the day and make sure that the people of New York and the people of this nation no longer had to endure uh, the nonsense that was being inflicted on them. All right. So, folks, we're on with Joe Pinion. Joe Pinion uh, from Newsmax TV is running for the U.S. Senate. He wants to take out the Democrats. He's seeing the damage that Biden has done. Now, Joe Pinion, tell us how you get from. And I love what you said. Let me just uh, highlight that. that You said, I felt like it was an act of cowardice to sit there and talk on TV because I I made similar points to this uh, with me doing radio. That's kind of how you know I got tired of seeing what was happening in real life. I said, let me jump into this and make a bigger uh, make a bigger impact. But still, there's a lot more one can do than broadcast, whether it's on radio or TV. So I salute you for that, because I think it, this is something that every American needs to take on in one way or another, whether it's I don't care about politics, I just go out and vote. Or if it's uh, I don't care about politics, but I vote all the time and sometimes I'll send a check. Everybody has to level up so that we can do more than what we're currently doing. And when it gets to the point where you say, you know what, I'm doing what I feel like I have to do to help my country, to help my city, to help my state, uh, God bless you, because that's exactly what I think every American needs to do. So tell us a little bit about the plan, Joe Pinion, for Senate. What does that look like? Uh, what are your um, what What do you plan to tackle first? Well, look, I, I think first and foremost, uh, you know, it's trying to get the word out there that for the first time in 24 years, the people of New York have a chance to have a choice. Uh, in the last 24 years since Chuck Schumer has been in the Senate, uh, the people that have run against him have raised uh, less than $3 million combined. That's three chances to get rid of him, uh, three different candidates, and the resources and never came to fruition. And so I often say that in life, your greatest strengths become your greatest weaknesses. We have the opportunity to leverage the fact that six years ago, your average run-of-the-mill American voter could not pick Chuck Schumer out of a lineup. Uh, if you lived in California, if you lived in Texas, if you lived in Arkansas, you probably didn't know who Chuck Schumer was. Well, today, uh, everybody knows who Chuck Schumer is because he is the person on TV talking about destroying our republic as we know it, talking about packing the Supreme Court, talking about eliminating the filibuster, talking about getting rid of the Electoral College. And so in many ways, again, he has lived to become the thing he went to D.C. to fight. Uh, He is an entrenched creature of D.C. He is the epitome of the swamp that President Trump wanted to drain. And when you look at something as basic as the American taxpayer paying $400 million a day in additional fuel costs for us where we were a year ago because these energy policies that make no sense. If you look at the fact that 2021 was the deadliest year to wear a badge, in the history of recording the statistic uh, because of the three most dangerous words ever uttered in the history of modern politics, defund the police, uh, where Chuck Schumer was supposed to be the buffer, the adult in the room uh, that stood up against the insanity and instead put his head in the stand to allow children like AOC to hijack a national conversation because he was more concerned with holding on to power than empowering and protecting the American people. Uh, We know that this is a unique opportunity for us to build an uncommon coalition to achieve an uncommon end, which is victory in November 
uh, for a Republican, not just because our conservative beliefs make sense, but because the ideology that they're espousing um, has never worked in the history of the world. All right, folks, we're on with Joe Pinion. That's Joe Pinion for Senate.com, J-O-E-P-I-N-I-O-N for Senate.com. Joe, I, I well, saw that. It's it, it, it just, just JoePinion.com. Okay, uh, perfect. You can find out Even easier. It, all, all about it. <laughs> perfect. JoePinion.com. Now, check this out. I'm looking at this article, Daily Mail, Biden administration to fund programs that hand out crack pipes to prevent infection and promote, quote, racial equity, end quote. So, this is a real thing. Obviously, Jen, circle back Pasaki, silent P. She says, no, well, it's because clean needles and, and in her very um, condescending tone. But the reality is these uh, smoking kits that the safe smoking kits, they're sending them out. This is actually being funded by taxpayer dollars. And I think some people, there's probably always a handful of people are like, yeah, great. We need the crackheads to be cleaner and safer. We don't want, um, you know, Hunter or anybody else who's dealing with this affliction to to be unsafe in their crack smoking habits, if that is such a thing. But what is your immediate reaction to the federal government, the Biden administration, pushing out clean crack pipes? Well, look, I mean, I think it's twofold, right? I mean, you have the Snopes report that comes out and says uh, this report is mostly false because it's not crack uh, pipes. They're actually smoking kits that include both crack pipes and needles. Uh, so it, it, it's, <laughs> right. just, it, it, it's just insane that the world in which we live today, uh, where we can't even have honest conversations because the people who are supposed to be a check on the honesty in the media uh, use the, 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 the insane uh, to justify the abnormal. Uh, so, look, let's be very clear. They talk about harm reduction. Harm reduction is real. Uh, I'm more concerned by the mindset that allows crack pipes to be presented as equity uh, in a community like black and brown communities, as you know, that were ravaged by crack uh, Mm -hmm. with 100 to one crack sentencing ratios uh, that left the black family in tatters. Uh, As I said on Twitter, uh, when Harlem gets a Betty Ford clinic, that is equity. Uh, When we live in the world where you're no longer uh, defined by the zip code in which you live or the color of your skin uh, by a Democratic Party uh, that continues to double down on the soft bigotry of low expectations as if somehow the best way they can provide uh, equal access to the American dream is to ensure that the crackhead doesn't get a disease in the process of getting high on the dope. Uh, then yes, maybe we can finally have that more perfect union. But as long as we continue to have individuals like Chuck Schumer uh, that will kneel in the Capitol Rotunda uh, in Catholic and Kente cloth talking about justice, uh, while the policies they implement lead to a 90% increase in shootings in New York City, a 30% increase in homicide in New York City, 12 U.S. cities hitting all-time highs for homicides, and they want to talk about the crack pipes and the harm reduction kits as equity. America, I have to tell you something, uh, that's not equity. Uh, that's an abomination. And so we just need to call things out uh, frankly and directly and let people know that this is abnormal. And if you're tired of these issues, whether you're left of Bernie Sanders, whether you're right of Donald Trump, uh, Chuck Schumer's fingerprints are on everything that has gone wrong, on all the hypocrisies uh, that make our lives more painful and the time to end it is upon us. 
Joe Pinion, you're saying all of the right things, and I pray to God that you win because we need a change so desperately. If Americans that are listening to this right now want to make a change and they want to help you, and we all know money is what moves campaigns, money and people. If they want to volunteer, uh, go to JoePinion.com. But if they want to make a donation to you, how do they do that? Look, they can go to JoePinion.com. Uh, you can make donations. You can sign up to volunteer. Again, if you're one of the 30,000 nurses across this state that lost their job because of these uh, irrational mandates, come help us knock on doors. If you're one of those police officers that recognize uh, the 476 officers who lost their life in the line of duty in 2021, come help us knock on doors. Any and everyone from wherever you are in this country, you can knock on doors, you can send texts. You can do all the things we need to do to make sure that this is the year we send an earthquake through the system that Chuck Schumer has finally got to go. All right, folks, you heard it. JoePinion.com. Joe Pinion's running for the U.S. Senate. Dig deep in your pocket. Give him a donation. This guy's a, as good a candidate as, as I've seen in a long time to take on Chuck Schumer. He's sharp. He knows the issues. He's ready for action day one. JoePinion.com. Go help him out. Joe, thanks for joining us, bro. Let's do it again soon. Thanks so much, my friend. You got it. Coming up straight ahead, we're going to get into all of the other craziness, plus another candidate that's announcing in Arkansas, of all places. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to expand facilities or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations. As your business evolves and your vision comes true, Century, right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit Century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available in all states. See policy for complete coverage details. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Now, as promised, we've got another candidate that has announced and thrown himself into the ring. And we're going to get to the bottom of that. But first, he's an old colleague of mine. He's out in Arkansas. He's been on the air. You know his voice. You know his name. Doc Washburn. Welcome to This is America. Hey, Rich, it is always an honor to speak with you, brother. It feels like getting the band back together. <laughs> and we're about to go on tour. All right, so Doc Washburn, man, you are a lightning rod for headlines. I'm just Googling. I'm seeing that you're making some noise in Arkansas. You were making noise uh, a month or two ago. 
because of your uh, strong stance on vaccine mandates and whatnot. And I want to know, since you've uh, left local radio in Arkansas and have now launched onto the national platform with your daily show, uh, the Doc Washburn Show, uh, tell us how people can find it, what you're talking about, and how it's going. DocWashburnShow.com. If you go to DocWashburnShow.com and just click on listen, you can listen. And the podcast is available on Spotify, Alexa, uh, Apple, what, wherever you get your podcasts. And we do it. Uh, we do a live stream every day at noon Eastern. But most people do listen to the podcast afterward. Anywhere from 65 to 70 percent of the people that download the podcast every day are outside of Arkansas. So it's been a pleasant surprise and a blessing. And I owe a lot to Mark Levin for letting me fill in for him so many times that people in different parts of the country have heard my name and are interested in what I want to talk about. And I talk about whatever, whatever is in the news every day. Excellent, Doc Washburn. So I want to talk about how you've parlayed that in recent months. You know, it's been only a couple of months that you've been out of the foray or in the foray of doing the national podcast and doing all of these things that you're doing to, you know, headlines that I'm seeing now that you were speaking with the Women's Republican Club. And there's been an announcement that you're going to challenge the candidate for governor, who's Donald Trump, uh, former President Trump's former White House press secretary, Sarah Sanders. Where did that come from? Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you where that has come from. I think we all uh, admired the job that Sarah did uh, trying to uh, uh, defend uh, President Trump when she was White House press secretary for a couple of years. When she left the White House, Donald Trump said, you know, I, I, I bet she'd be a good governor of Arkansas. I, I hope she runs for governor of Arkansas. And we're all kind of like, really? Uh, because there were some folks already lined up, some big names in, in Arkansas. Like Doc Washburn? Uh, no. No, 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 no. Like, like the, uh, the two-term lieutenant governor, Tim Griffin, everybody figured that either he or the two-term attorney general, Leslie Rutledge, would be uh, the next governor of Arkansas. So it kind of caught everybody you know, by surprise that Sarah was going to run. So people would call my local radio talk show in Little Rock, and they would say things like, you know, I wasn't really crazy about Governor Mike Huckabee. He wasn't conservative enough for my taste. However, I'm really excited about Sarah, his daughter, running because she was Trump's press secretary. And I would just kind of file that away. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. We'll see how it all plays out. In the fullness of time, we're seeing recently Sarah endorsing people like U.S. Representative French Hill, who has said that the idea that the election was stolen is a fiction and a fallacy, who has said that uh, Donald Trump's rhetoric leading up to January 6th is unforgivable, who uh, talked about how delighted he was to vote to keep Liz Cheney in Republican House leadership even after she voted to impeach Donald Trump, or voted for the January 6th commission, which is a, a Pelosi-led witch hunt against Trump and Trump supporters. So I saw the other day on Facebook, Sarah is endorsing French Hill. She's endorsing for re-election U.S. Senator John Bozeman, who also said that Trump is partly responsible for the, the, uh, the violence on January 6th. And I saw hundreds of furious responses. Sarah, no, what are you doing? We want actual conservatives, people actually saying, look, uh, Colonel Conrad Reynolds is, is challenging French Hill. That's who we want. Uh, Jan Morgan uh, is, is ch challenging uh, Senator John Bozeman. That's who we want. And I was reading through all these furious responses and also a lot of people saying, Sarah, why won't you talk about the issues? 
Why won't you tell us what you think about mass mandates, about vaccine mandates, about critical race theory, and, and going on and on and on? Because she's basically been just uh, you know doing TV commercials and stuff, and when people try to catch up with her uh, at public appearances and ask her about stuff, she just you know doesn't want to talk about anything. I had a lot of people uh, you know in the last few days contact me and say we're just praying that 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 there's some other choice because she's really disappointing us, and we don't know where she stands. She was recently um, endorsed by the incumbent governor Asa Hutchinson who um, a few months ago vetoed a bill uh, that would have protected children from being sterilized, from being chemically or surgically castrated. He vetoed the bill because Walmart said, no, 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 we can't have this. We can't discriminate against transgender youth. And the governor went on Tucker Carlson's show, and Tucker Carlson tried to present all this research that the kids who had this transgender reassignment surgery, whatever you want to call it, are at much greater risk for suicide. And the governor didn't want to hear about it. So you've got him endorsing her, and you've got Sarah saying, oh, Governor Ace Hutchinson has been doing a w- wonderful job in Arkansas. And all the mom and pop businesses that were, that were closed down in the lockdowns in 2020 would beg to differ for that. I just don't see how she is in touch with what's really going on in Arkansas by the endorsements that she is making by the endorsements she is taking and by the fact that she won't answer anybody's questions about the issues. So what I announced, what I announced Tuesday evening at the Saline County Republican Women's Club, I said, look, here's the deal. The deadline to file for the Republican nomination for governor in the state of Arkansas is at noon on March 1st. And if the Lord provides us with a $15,000 filing fee, then I'm going to go ahead and, and, and file. And, and, you know, I'm announcing right now I'm a candidate for governor. And we've already, in just a few days, gotten more than a third of, of that total. People are saying, how can, I, how can I contribute? A friend of mine is running for Congress, a guy named Conrad Reynolds. He said, people are coming on my Facebook page saying, how can I contribute to Doc? And I've had people tell me this doesn't happen uh, in, in politics in Arkansas. So anyway, um, I, 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 before last weekend, I had never considered running for any kind of office in my life. Um, but you know, I think God's putting something together here. And a lot of people said that before and turned out to be wrong. And if I'm wrong, you know, if I turned out to be wrong, I'll I'll say that. Uh, but there seems to be a groundswell of people saying, no, we, we don't want more of the same in Arkansas. We actually want a conservative governor. We want our taxes lowered. Arkansas is one of the highest taxed states across the board, um, not only in, in the Mid-South region, but, but in this country. And we're not very competitive with our neighbors. Uh, so there are a lot of things that, that I would like to do. Overhaul the child welfare system. Uh, so, so if DCFS uh, workers show up at an unsuspecting family's home, uh, they have to wear um, body cams and give Miranda warnings to parents because we, we see situations in the state of Arkansas where government employees take children away from families who love them. I know some of these people it took months to get their, uh, their, their kids back there. There are a lot of things that, that I think we need to improve in the state of Arkansas. And, um, 
Anyway, you asked a question, and I've written you a book, so I'm going to let you get a word in edgewise. <laughs> well, this is going to parlay into a part two of the same show. It's only an hour show, Doc. Sure. Anyway, um, how do you respond right. to the criticism that you're going to get, the likely criticism that says you don't have the $15,000 filing fee? How are you going to run for governor, and are you just doing this for publicity? The, the way to respond to that, like I say, is to, is to get everything set up so that all these people who are contacting us, contacting other people, saying, how can I contribute? We'll be able to contribute. The, I think the website is going to be called um, electdocwashburn.com, uh, and we hope to have that up and running by the end of the day. But anyway, like I say, we're already a third of the way there, and before last Sunday night, I wasn't even thinking about running. Gotcha. And before we wrap, so, I want to ask you yeah. just to encapsulate everything, right, and playing the devil's advocate here just a little bit. Sure. The, Absolutely. the idea of a Doc Washburn yeah. run for governor yeah is based on the candidate that Donald Trump has chosen and endorsed to run for governor of Arkansas, endorsing people that may not be agreeable with Trump. Is that right? Yeah, people are stabbing Trump in the back. What does Trump have to do with Arkansas? What does Trump have to do with Arkansas? Well, Trump was, I think, the best president of our lifetime. Sure. Agreed. And I'm confident a majority of voters in Arkansas agree with that. And, and again, he picked his person and it's talk- Huckabee. So you're saying Trump's got it wrong. We have to challenge that. Well, look, it wouldn't be the first time that Trump has endorsed somebody in a primary and somebody else in the primary says, I don't know why he endorsed my opponent, but I'm the America first candidate right. and I'm going to win. And then they do Madison Cawthorn for Congress in, in North Carolina or Marjorie Taylor Greene for Congress in, 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 uh, in Georgia. It, it wouldn't be the first time that people are like, wait a minute, why did, Trump endorsed this person over here. And so the hundreds of furious responses that Sarah Huckabee Sanders got on her Facebook page, why are you endorsing this guy that takes every opportunity to to stab Trump in the back? You know, why are you endorsing this guy? French Hill just voted for $400 million for the CDC for a vaccination database to keep track in real time of our vaccination status. And there are no answers. There are no answers. She's got $13 million dollars. I think she thinks she's going to cruise to the governor's mansion. And, you know, if she's the nominee, she will. But, you know, I got to tell you something. In 2016, Donald Trump was a candidate in the Republican primaries who spent the least amount of money. Um, If you're going to go with the guy who had the most money, Jeb Bush should have been the nominee. And thank God he wasn't, because that would have been a guaranteed Hillary Clinton presidency. But that, as we say in the business is a whole nother show. You know, Doc Washburn, this is exactly why I became a Republican because of the big tent, because there is a a actual conversation. There are different ideas and we can have this conversation. Say, you know what? You throwing your hat in the ring. Great. Doesn't mean you're going to be coronated. You know, I'm going to challenge you. I want to hear where you're at. And if you won't bring it out on your own, I'll run against you to bring it out on your own. So I think that's an excellent (laughs) thing. I love your contribution to the free marketplace of ideas. And thank you so much for being with us today. Rich Valdez, thanks for having me on, brother. It's always an honor. You got it. Everybody, that's Doc Washburn. If you want to donate to him, go to Doc Washburn. Excellent. There you go. ElectDocWashburn.com if you want to support the cause and let your dollars speak where your voice can't be heard in Arkansas. Doc, again, it's always a pleasure. God bless you. Godspeed. God bless you, too. Godspeed. Thank you, brother. All right. More to come straight ahead. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos, para Rich Valdez, y esto es América, ahora.
All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And I want to talk about some of the lawsuits that are being brought in the name of COVID-19. That's right, COVID-19 is still around there lingering, trying to get rid of it as best as we can. But some valiant individuals in Queens, New York, said we're going to stand up to City Hall. We're going to fight them. And they've contracted with Pacific Legal Foundation, who brought the case in New York City. And this is being reported in the New York Post. I'm going to give you a quick headline here so you can take a look at it. The article is titled... Two white men sue New York City over race criteria for scarce COVID-19 treatments. The New Yorkers have filed a lawsuit against the state and city health departments that claims the eligibility criteria for COVID-19 is scarce and racially discriminatory, directing healthcare providers to factor in age, vaccination status, diseases, and ethnicity is wrong. The State Department of Health advises that non-white race or Hispanic slash Latino ethnicity should be considered a risk factor as longstanding systemic health and social inequities have contributed to an increased risk of severe illness and death from COVID-19. That was disproved by the Mayo Clinic, but I want to bring in the attorney who's arguing this case, his name, Caleb Trotter from the Pacific Legal Foundation, because he brought the case, he knows what's going on, and he's joining us right now. Caleb Trotter, welcome to This is America. Thank you, Rich. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So I want to jump right into this. I want you to tell us a little bit about what you've done specifically, what type of case you've brought, who you're representing. I know you're doing this in a pro bono capacity, and I want everybody to understand how you guys are fighting back in this specific way. Sure. So we at Pacific Legal Foundation represent two New Yorkers uh, by the name of Jonathan Roberts and Charles Vavruska. We have sued the, um, the commissioner of the New York State Department of Health, as well as the city of New York's health department, uh, on the basis that they, they have established this criteria of prioritizing people who have tested positive for COVID-19 and are in the early days of exhibiting symptoms um, and, and how they receive treatment. So essentially what, what New York has done is said, if you are symptomatic of COVID-19, uh, there are these new treatments that have, have shown to be extremely effective um, when taken. They're basically pills that you take orally, uh, and there's there's one by Pfizer that's been shown to be 88% effective in preventing hospitalization and, and death. So these are very good, newly developed treatments. Uh, but because they're so new, there are severe supply shortages, and um, and this is true nationwide. And so what New York has done in response to these supply shortages has said that they're going to have to prioritize who can receive these treatments from, from doctors. And you know, they did what initially what you would expect to happen, and that would be they would prioritize based on um, people who have immunocompromised situations, people who are unvaccinated, people who are older, uh, they, and then other various risk factors um, uh, that are based on health. And, and those kind of prioritizations make sense um, when looking truly to who is most at risk of bad health outcomes as a result uh, of this virus. But the, New York then took it one step further and said, mm -hmm. if you are simply a non-white um, or Hispanic or Latino individual, then you get priority over all white, non-Hispanic, Latino individuals. Hold on a second. This, so this if you've got all these different uh, 
run of the mill, run of the gamut um, ailments and these uh, preconditions that, you know, these uh, comorbidities is the word I'm looking for. That doesn't matter. But what matters is if you're brown like me, as they like to say, uh, those on the left, they like to say that I'm brown. That's what matters, right? My skin color matters, my ethnicity matters, but not necessarily my health condition. It, exactly. When you're in, in two senses, it, it, it does work out that way because they've got these you know, five different tiers where they you know, split people up based on kind of the severity of, of a health outcome. But within a tier, say you were you know, 62, you had diabetes, you weren't vaccinated, um, and then you had the exact same person with those exact same conditions and age, but that person was not white um, or uh, what. Well, let me phrase it differently. If that person was non-white and or Hispanic or Latino, then they would get priority over you based solely on race or ethnicity. And then there's a second way it happens where someone would just if, if you were in a different tier of someone. So you actually had you know more health factors that could be problematic um, due to the disease. But if somebody was non-white or Hispanic or Latino, they could get bumped up a tier. And this is all based solely on race or ethnicity. And so essentially what New York is doing is they are prioritizing equity concerns over demonstrated race-neutral health concerns. And you know, we think that that is a, a gross violation of the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment, which prohibits governments from making race-based decisions like this. And it would be one thing if there was some kind of data or evidence that New York could point to saying that um, racial minorities and ethnic minorities are more susceptible to bad health outcomes um, if they acquire COVID-19. But even the Mayo Clinic has said that there there is no data that shows that that is the case. So what we have here is, is a pretty clear-cut case of, of New York just prioritizing race and ethnic-based equity concerns over scientific and medical data. Uh, we just think that's outrageous. You know, from a civil rights perspective, and again, we're on with Caleb Trotter. He's an attorney with the Pacific Legal Foundation. I, I would uh, surmise that I could not hire somebody or it would be unethical or illegal in some circumstances if I were to hire an attorney, for example, because he was white or because he was black or not hire you because you were uh, of a certain race or ethnicity. And, and that would be understood to be at least a wrong and b potentially illegal in most situations. Why is it that the state of New York, the health department is allowed to do that and not be viewed as breaking the law? You do raise a good point. There, there is a difference, though, between, you know, individuals doing things that would be discriminatory and, and the government doing it. And there's a, a much higher, stronger stand there. You know, there are various other anti-discrimination laws that you know govern what private parties do and in preventing discrimination. But when the government itself is is enacting, you know, express race based policies or rules and laws that be up people based on on race, uh, it has been for years the case that the Supreme Court holds the government to the absolute highest standard of justifying these um, this this disparate treatment. And there, in this case, where there is absolutely no evidence that uh, members of racial minorities and ethnic minorities um, have you know, uh, disproportionate outcomes due to COVID-19. So, so we don't think there's any evidence at all that New York can point to to justify um, this race-based prioritization, and we expect that uh, the court will say so. 
All right. Well, uh, Caleb Trotter, with about a minute to go, let us know uh, what you think the next step is going to be in the process. And I guess what the listeners can expect to see, you know, from the case, where do we go from here? Yeah, I think things will, will move quickly. The case was filed just earlier this week in, in federal district court in Brooklyn. That's the Eastern District of New York. Um, the, I think we will likely, you know, look to file some kind of preliminary injunction to speed things along and get this case moving quickly. Because again, what we have here is our clients, due to this race-based priority, they might not be able to access these treatments at all should they you know, contract COVID-19. So um, this is a matter of potential life or death for not just our clients, but all New Yorkers. So, so we definitely anticipate you know, moving the case along as quickly as possible, and we hope that we'll get a decision sooner than later. Excellent. Well, Charles Trotter from the Pacific Legal Foundation, thank you so much for joining us and giving us that update. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Rich. You got it. And again, this is the story that's in the New York Post Wednesday, February 9th, two white New York City men sue over racial criteria for scarce COVID-19 treatments. So I'll tweet that out or I'll put it on social media at Rich Valdez with an S so that you guys can uh, check it out and read it for yourselves. But what I find fascinating here is that more and more Americans are gearing up for a fight, a legal fight, a uh, get in my truck and drive and honk my horn kind of fight. People are standing up. They're using activism to their advantage to hold on to the freedoms that they have, that they love, that they cherish, they enjoy every single day. And as we move forward, we're finding out, you know what? We have less and less of these freedoms available. What are we going to do? This is what we're going to do. People are going to stand up. They're going to rise up and they're going to do something that's important because they need to, because they realize that this is how we get America back. This is how we stand up for this country. And that's why I always say you've got to stand for something, because if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. That's Lord Acton, Sir Edmund Burke and others. So until next time, America, get out there and do everything you can to make a better place right here in America. Hasta la próxima. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. In times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter. JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash rich.